Well, the sound of that music is another Boilers Extra podcast. As uh, we get going here, maybe we'll have a football season. Maybe we won't. But still a long way to go in that regard. Uh, recording this uh, Thursday morning. Would have uh, recorded this on Wednesday. But a lot of things happened uh, from the Big Ten standpoint. With releasing the schedules and the medical protocols and players uniting and uh, making requests. That's how it, that's how I would term what happened with the hashtag Big Ten United. Um, where allegedly or reportedly more than 1,000 players have uh, have united together to to get some questions answered regarding uh, testing and how things are going to be ha- handled uh, from a football standpoint during the COVID uh, situation. We'll touch on that. Uh, we'll touch on the schedule. Uh, but first, what I was going to tell you yesterday, if I had done this thing, uh, I had talked to a, a source on a Tuesday, Tuesday morning, uh, and I and I didn't have a lot of time to talk, but with players opting out uh, at the college level, and the Big Ten has seen um, three players opt out, and probably a fourth, uh, although it hadn't 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 it hadn't become official as of uh, Thursday morning. But I asked if uh, if Rondell Moore was considering uh, opting out, and uh, I was told I'd have to wait and see. So it's it's not really a surprise that Rondell Moore would be considering opting out. Um, I, and to be honest, I'd be surprised if he didn't opt out. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think, um, you know, what does he what does he have to prove at Purdue? Um, you know, I, I think he does have to prove something at Purdue at the college level a little bit more. He's played seventeen games. Uh, we all know he's talented. We all, we all know what he can do. We, we've seen the flashes. We've seen the brilliance. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think coming off his injury, which a hamstring injury that we know about, um, you know, I think he needs to get out there and do it. I think he needs to get out there and, and maybe show the NFL scouts that he can do it um, and maybe just show himself that he can do it. Uh, obviously, you would love to see him stay and finish out uh, try to get into the season, and, and there may not be a season, and you know, and that's the other part of the. If, if there's no season, we've seen the last of Rondell Moore. That's just, that's just the plain truth of the matter. Um, he was on a three-year plan to begin with, and he was going to get his degree in three years and move on to the NFL. It's been no secret that's what he's wanted to do from the very beginning, and it's really nobody's fault that. If we don't have a season or he decides to opt out, um, that he only played 17 games. You can't predict injuries, and you couldn't predict COVID. Um, now, could have handled COVID better, but that's that's for another podcast that uh, is on a higher level than, than, than mine. Uh, but just so you know, I mean, they just – it's not going to, if he decides to stay, it's not really a surprise. If he decides to go, it's not really a surprise. Um, but that's kind of who, that's kind of who he is and what he wants to do. And he's got a lot of money at stake here. And, you know, he's not going to be around in 2021 to benefit from anything at the college level from a name, image, and likeness standpoint. 
so he's not going to benefit financially by by staying another season or, or or playing this season if there is one because he can't he can't capitalize on on the uh, the NIL situation. So you know, in his mind, is he better off just training for the NFL and then getting to the combine and letting his seventeen games of tape at Purdue? Show who he is, or does he need to get out there and do it at the college level again? Um, you know, selfishly, we you know everybody would love to see him play at Purdue. And to me, the one intriguing thing about this season, and there are se- several things, but the w- one of the intriguing elements of this season is just getting him and David Bell on the field together and seeing how defenses play them. And, you know, they've only been on the field 96 plays together. That was last season. And when you take into account that college football offenses run 70, 75, sometimes 80 plays in a game, that's not a whole lot. But his injury last year prevented that, but it also allowed David Bell to excel to the level that he did. But anyway, I just wanted to pass that along. I don't really have a platform other than this to pass along something like that. Uh, you just don't, you know, you would need more than one source to write it. And the fact that he's considering it is not really, um, a surprise, uh, just, but FYI, if it happens, um, you know, you're, you're aware, uh, moving on the, the schedule did come out yesterday, uh, and it's, uh, um, you Purdue's probably wondering what it did to, to piss off somebody at the Big Ten. Uh, but it, it, the, only, the only addition is that Ohio State joined, joined, the, joined the schedule. And that's, I guess, of all the teams that you didn't want to join, just from uh, Purdue's standpoint, you didn't want Ohio State. Uh, it, was either, it was probably either going to be Ohio State or Michigan State, to be honest, because when you factor in the travel part of it and maybe – um, that was maybe the Ohio State thing was designed because uh, the Ohio State doesn't have to uh, take a plane to West Lafayette if if the game's played, and uh, Purdue wouldn't have to, you know, Michigan State wouldn't have to take a plane. But um, I, I, th- I think since they kept the nine opponents, the previous nine opponents from the schedule, and they just added one. I think Ohio State had five home games. Purdue had four. Um, so therefore it kind of made sense to, to slide the team that needed a, a road game at, with the team that needed a home game. And they happened to be three and a half and four hours apart. But that obviously brings up memories of 2018 when Purdue beat the Buckeyes, uh, at Ross age stadium. And, you know, I wrote it at the time and I still believe it. That's probably the, probably the best night, uh, best night in Purdue athletics history. I know they've won national championships. Individuals have done well. There's been great performances uh, throughout the history of uh, Purdue athletics. But when you combine everything on that night, Tyler Trent, national TV audience, uh, beating Ohio State the way Purdue did, uh, the way the fans reacted, um, I, 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 I would say f- find me another night, find me another day that would top that. You can disagree with it all you want, but then you need to come to me and say, okay, no, this, this day was better because of, 
A, B, and C. Um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another day in uh, Purdue Athletics history that had everything that that game and that event had two years ago. I just think it's – and the way the game unfolded and the way it was played and the way that Purdue kept its foot on the pedal and all that kind of stuff. I just think when you wrap it all up together, uh, it's going to be hard to – it's hard, hard to find one in the past to match it but also I think it's going to be really difficult in the future to duplicate what happened uh, that night two years ago. Can Purdue do the same thing if they, if they get to play the game? Um, you're not going to have the atmosphere. The fans won't be there. Uh, you might have 25% capacity. So it, it's, it's just not going to line up the same as it did uh, two years ago. Uh, and that would probably uh, allow – a team like Ohio state to, to, to play to its level and not have to worry about the atmosphere or anything like that. And it would probably hurt Purdue at some level just cause you're not getting the juice and the energy from, from the crowd. But you know, Ohio state's on the schedule now. That's the third game of the uh, third game of the season supposed to be, but the openers at Michigan uh, Purdue was scheduled to play at Michigan uh, in the original schedule. And that was going to be near the end of October uh, but now they're going to open up with the Wolverines. And if you look at the Big Ten schedule overall, um, all the first week is all crossover games uh, between East and West. Um, you know, in part because, you know, first of all, we don't know if that, those games are even going to get played. We, don't, I mean, we have no idea as of today. Uh, but, and you know, there's games, there are, they're games that can be easily moved to, and you can do any games like that, but these games can be moved to another part of the season later in the season, you know, just depending on, on what, uh, what's going on, uh, with the COVID situation. And we still have a long way to go till, uh, we actually play a game, uh, in the college football season, but you know, at least you have it on paper. And for one day you can, um, you can think about playing football. You can think about playing opponents. You can think about how the season might play out. Um, but you know, as we get past that, then the, the other concerns come back in and they'll, they'll start to surface. And, you know, the, the, to me, the one thing to watch about the, whether we can have a season or not, is just kind of what's going to happen now in training camp as all these schools are starting. And now players are going to be interacting and hitting each other and having more contact. Uh, you know, Jeff Brown told us on Wednesday that, you know, they hadn't used the locker room until training camp's going to start. You know, they hadn't used the showers uh, in the locker room because players would come dressed in their outfits, um, work out, lift weights, do what they need to do, and then go home. You know, they, they didn't want them in the facility. They didn't want people congregating uh, together. They stayed in their, their own groups. So a lot of the facility has, hasn't been used. And, you know, and he talked about spreading out in the indoor facility as far as maybe some locker room space but even spreading out uh, on the outdoor fields as far as their warm-ups and keeping people, you know, in safe distances. So, um, but at some point, contact is going to be made with the, with players. Uh, Jeff Rom is an 11-on-11 practice guy. He loves to have uh, first-team offense versus first-team defense. Even he admitted that it's probably not going to be the same uh, as it used to be. He's going to have to limit those. Uh, team settings a little bit, but they will practice football, in his words. 
uh, because you have to. You have to prepare for the season, and you have to prepare for a mighty opponent out of the gate, and that's at Michigan, uh, a game Purdue will not be favored in. But assuming that Purdue's team is intact with, you know, Rondell still here um, and everyone being healthy and, you know, there's still question marks with who's going to play quarterback and some other questions on the offense and just how the defense is going to react. You know, Purdue has a chance to, to uh, I, I think, score some points in that game. Uh, but, you know, can they stop Michigan? And you get, you know, you get Michigan early as opposed to late and that might – that might help uh, Purdue uh, when when you start dissecting the game and getting down to it. But it's still a long way off. Still don't know what's going to happen uh, with everything. But, you know, the schedule is, um, you know, as I said, the, the nine opponents stay the same. You had Ohio State. You know, you come home the second game to host Iowa. Iowa's had a tough, tough offseason with a lot of things swirling around the program from a uh, – health and safety standpoint, from a racial standpoint. Uh, you know, they, they've gotten rid of their strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle, a longtime member of Kurt Ferentz staff. Um, so, that you know, they've had a lot of turmoil um, around that program. And, you know, they've got to break in some new players as well. Uh, so that might be a better time for Purdue to play them as opposed to later in the year. But, you know, we'll see. And then they get Ohio State at home on the third third game on September 19th. Um, you know, the Buckeyes are going to be, are picked to win the big 10 and should be picked to win the big 10. They have a dynamic quarterback in Justin Fields and they just they have diamond dynamic players all over the field. And they always have always will. Uh, but you know, Purdue, you know, that's the, that's the game Purdue got added to the schedule when the big 10 decided to go, uh, to 10 to 10 games. Uh, then after that, uh, they're at Illinois, um, obviously a winnable game for Purdue, Although thought that last year, and Illinois came in and stomped them, stomped Purdue at at Rossade in the rain. Uh, but that's you know that's a game Purdue has to win if it wants to, you know, finish five hundred. Um, if it wants to, if there are bowl games to to, to stay in contention for that. Um, but yeah, that's a you know that's a, that's a game that you know Purdue could be sitting at zero and three. And the other thing you got to remember, Jeff Brom has never won an opener at Purdue. You know, lost to Louisville, lost to Northwestern, lost to Nevada. Uh, the first three years, now they got to go to Michigan, which would make it make it you know really tough to to break that string. And they've also you know they've kind of gotten off to slow starts in two of the two of his three years. You know, the schedule's not conducive to getting off to a fast start, but um, you know we'll see we'll see what uh, what happens that first month. And then Purdue has a bye, and then they're going to go to Wisconsin for the second time second straight year uh, they were up there last year at the end of the year uh, I would assume that when you get to 2021 the bat you know that'll get flipped and the Badgers will come to uh, to Ross aid and uh, later on you know Purdue was supposed to go to Nebraska but they're going to host the Huskers at the end of November right now and then after Wisconsin which you know Wisconsin is uh, probably the team to beat in the West again uh, Rutgers uh, is on the schedule they were on the schedule before um, and you know, who knows, you know, Rutgers is a hot spot for the COVID-19 virus. Um, you know, Nebraska is supposed to open the season at Rutgers. And I'm just kind of curious if that happens, you know, if, if that's the, will that be the first big 10 game canceled Nebraska at Rutgers? Um, cause I, you know, I think they're, you know, Rutgers not going to have any fans there. Number one, they're not, not going to be allowed to have, 
I think they're allowed to have 500. And I don't know what the difference between 500 and zero is, but it, you know, if you're not, if you're only going to allow 500, you might as well just keep everybody out. Um, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but you know, I, I, I Nebraska Rutgers would kind of be my first pick for the first game to get postponed in the Big Ten just because of going to Rutgers um, with all that's going on there. And we still have a month to go, so obviously things can can straighten out. Uh, But, you know, Rutgers is going to come here in the middle of October, and we'll see what happens if they play the game. And then after that, it's at Minnesota late in October, October 24th. Um, you know, if, if we get this deep in the season, this is a game Purdue needs to win just because Minnesota has kind of beaten them up the last couple of years. And uh, Purdue needs to take control of this rivalry because P.J. Fleck has it going at Minnesota. Not a fan of him. Don't like how he runs his program. I don't like how he does it. But you give him credit for um, doing what they did last year, uh, winning as many games as they did. Uh, taking their their chance to win the uh, taking their chance as far as they did deep into the season, and they really had a had a great year. Um, but Purdue needs to start beating them, uh, or not getting blown out by them. Preferably beating them, but not getting blown out like they have the last couple of years. Although last game was last year's game was was close, but it really wasn't. If you watched the game, uh, the score ended up closer, but. You know, Minnesota kind of took control of that game early and then let off the gas a little bit. But Purdue Purdue needs to start beating uh, the Gophers. And, you know, Purdue was probably lucky to win the first game under Jeff Brom against Minnesota. Remember the the game that got uh, halted by uh, a storm. And then after probably an hour or so delay, it came back and uh, Purdue was able to win and then sealed it with Juwan Bentley's uh, interception return, which made it, I think, a – uh, 10 to 14 point game when it was really a one possession game because uh, Minnesota was driving. Then on Halloween, Purdue's scheduled to host Northwestern, another team they need to, you know, if they're going to challenge for the West, this is another uh, another game where they need to, they really need to establish themselves as uh, as being better. Um, you know, Purdue won the game last year, late field goal, um, you know, late late field goal, late drive by Aiden O'Connell. Uh, to get that win, they had lost five in a row before then. Uh, but you know, Purdue, Purdue, if Purdue's ever going to win the West, and they they need to, then you you got to beat Minnesota, you got to beat Northwestern on a consistent basis uh, in order to to achieve that. Uh, Purdue's so supposed to have a bye week uh, first weekend of November, and then they would host uh, Nebraska on uh, November fourteenth, which would be the last home game, scheduled home game. Uh, and as you know, Nebraska came here last year in early November, and that's when Jack Plummer uh, broke his ankle, and uh, Aiden O'Connell came in, and Purdue ended up winning that game, kept kept their bowl hopes alive. The same week when they went to Northwestern, but uh, they they lost their last two, and then the uh, the game against Indiana at Indiana stays in its uh, final game spot. Although uh, the the Big Ten moved uh, those final games up to the week. Before Thanksgiving, which was its normal spot until several years ago, the Big Ten used to be done before Thanksgiving, and then players could go home and coaches like that. But once they added the the Big Ten championship game, they extended the season into Thanksgiving weekend. Crowds are not very good um, 
for those games outside of Michigan and in Ohio State uh, and maybe uh, Nebraska, Iowa, and a couple others. But for Purdue, Indiana, the crowds have not been great. Um, they've been okay. Uh, it helps if one team uh, is bowl eligible or is going to be bowl eligible with a win. You know, the year that both Purdue and Indiana had five wins, you know, I think there was a little bit, a few more people in the stands, but, you know, maybe, you know, this year we really don't have to worry about crowds because either you're going to have 25% or you're going to have nothing. Uh, so that that's not really an issue. And and, and by moving the uh, the game up, you, you, you get in line with the way the academic calendars are going to work this year throughout most of the Big Ten where schools are um, letting their kids leave and go to online learning uh, after Thanksgiving, do the final exams, and then they would not, their schedule would not be scheduled to return till January at the earliest, although I don't think Purdue has officially um, set its spring calendar yet, spring semester calendar, or second semester, however you want to term it. I, IU has, I don't believe they're due back on campus until early February. Now, they may have online learning uh, in January until that date, but I know IU is not expected back on campus till February, and then they're, I think they've done away with spring break, and uh, I, would, I would be surprised if, if not more schools uh, go that route uh, as far as just delaying the return. So you could, in theory, you could actually go from Thanksgiving. I think Purdue's last day for students on campus is two days before Thanksgiving. You could go from that point until early February with no no students on campus. You would have some athletes on campus. You might have football if they were preparing for a bowl. Um basketball, assuming the season is played, and other sports, swimming and wrestling and those. Uh, but, you know, basketball, no one's really talked about because uh, they've been trying to solve the football issue ever since uh, the pandemic hit. Um, but basketball is one where, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to an all-conference. I, I, I'm pretty sure one proposal will be just playing a round-robin conference season, starting it in early December and playing 26 games and uh, go from there, which is uh, I'm all for that. Display uh, the old travel partners that they used to do back in the day, back in the eighties where Purdue and Indiana would go to uh, Michigan, Michigan state on a Friday or Thursday, Saturday type of thing. Um, and why not? You know, makes it makes the travel easier. Um, makes the schedule work out. You know, the other the other idea with basketball would be maybe maybe you play the Big Ten ACC Challenge and then you get into conference or maybe you, you maybe you schedule one or two non-conference games uh, in early December uh, and then then move on from there. Uh, but if, if if the Big Ten is going to play all conference games in basketball and they're going to do a true round robin, the schedule should start with Purdue playing in Indiana in early December, then it should end with Purdue playing Indiana in late February, early March. Why not? Just, I mean, you have control over your whole schedule. I mean, just make something like that happen. I mean, what, what better way if you're going to have basketball to look forward to? And that's why, you know, that's why I thought maybe they would do Purdue, Indiana football to start the football season because 
what better way to give those players something to look forward to? And this is going to segue into the, you know, the players' request demands, depending on what conference you're looking at or depending on your viewpoint. But what better way to give your players something to look forward to is when you're playing your rival right out of the gate. You know, why not? This, is, this was the year to kind of experiment with that in my mind. And I'm sure there's deep rationale why. Uh, all you know, it's happening. I mean, you do have to balance it out. You have to make sure no one has you know more than you know two consecutive home games, two consecutive road games, so on and so forth. But you know, why not? Why not give? And if you got to push it back, you can push it back. Right now, the the Purdue IU game is in danger of not being played for football because what if what if the season only goes five weeks, six weeks? You know, you're, you're, then you're then you're losing that game. I was I was a proponent of playing your rivalry games and your most meaningful games in September and October, just to give them a chance to get played. And the thing it is, if you, if you can't, you know, if you're not going to start the season on time, you can push those games back and just kind of keep pushing them back until the calendar runs out. Now the Purdue IU game is. You know, it's in danger of not getting played for the first time since when? I don't have my media guy here, media guide in front of me. So that's unfortunate. You know, even Michigan and Ohio State, I believe, is scheduled for October, late October, uh, around the World Series time maybe. And maybe that was done with TV in mind. I I, I don't know. Um, but that's another game that may not get played because of uh, of the pandemic. I understand none of these games might might not get played, which is, you know, part of this whole thing. I get that, but if you're going to put out a schedule and you plan to play it, you know, I think playing your most important games and there's several rivalries, as you know, in the Big Ten that we look forward to seeing every year, and it's probably a strong possibility we will not see all the rivalry games get played uh, in the Big Ten this year. May not see any. May not see one game. But if the season starts on time, or at least starts in September at some point, you know we're gonna, you know we're gonna miss out on on something. Um, and I, I just think it made, I, I think it made sense to do that. But I'm not in that room. I'm not part of that uh, committee. They, they last, lest I missed the email. Uh, but yeah, rivalry games early, get them going. Uh, and, I, and as I said, that kind of segues into the the player movement and. I don't know if you're familiar what happened with the Pac-12 earlier in the week and now the Big Ten where players have gotten together and created – from the Pac-12 perspective, it appears they were putting out a list of demands that they wanted to see uh, before uh, they would get involved in training camps or, or playing games when it comes to testing for COVID, how many times, the quarantines, so on and so forth. Uh, they also were making a demand for – getting some of the TV money, some of the financial part of it, uh, which um, it's not going to happen that way. Uh, It'll happen in other ways, but it's not going to happen that way. Um, You know, and the, the, the commissioner of the PAC 12 has been talking to these players and, you know, and I I think everybody's on the same side when it comes to this, but the players feel, and I've always said this, I don't think really anybody up until the last week or so has has asked the players, "Hey, what do you think? Do you really want to? 
do you want to play this season? Do you feel comfortable playing this season? And you go back to June, July. I don't think the players were asked. They were just told when to show up, what to do, what they could do, and then basically don't be around anybody. And if you got a cough, tell us about it. If you got a sneeze, tell us about it. But I don't think really anybody asked the players until until now, until they kind of stepped up and made some demands or made some requests. I think the Big Ten's situation is more of a request to say, here's the things that we want to see done. Again, more testing. Uh, what are the protocols? What are the procedures? And, you know, I believe, you know, Kevin Warren has, the new Big Ten commissioner has really emphasized, you know, the student athlete experience and trying to get their input. He has a, he has a son that plays football at Mississippi state. So you take him at his, at his word at that. Um, and if you believe some of the reports out there that he did, he did talk to student athletes, uh, before the big 10 schedule came out. And part of, part of, part of that was why the schedule was delayed. It was supposed to come out on Tuesday, but it came out Wednesday morning, but, and that's all fine. You know, I, the players need a voice. They've, they've needed a voice for a long time. They're using that voice right now through social media and other avenues and they should use it. And it, it appears they're doing it in the most respectful and right way uh, that they can. But here's the deal. If they want to have a football season, if the players want to have a football season, it's up to them. And if you go around to the Big Ten schools right now that have paused workouts either in their football program or other sports, where they've had a number of positive cases. Northwestern had one positive case, and they paused workouts where um, Purdue has, for example, 35 positive cases. Not all football, not all one sport. Some of those are athletic department personnel, but there's only five sports back on campus at Purdue that would get that would be getting tested right now. Football, both basketball teams, volleyball and soccer and they've had 35 but we don't know the breakdown and they're not going to give us the breakdown of that but most of those are student athletes some are athletic department personnel um but where where's that virus coming from you know if you're tested at the very beginning and you test negative but the next time you test positive what happened between testing negative and testing positive. Well, you probably went out to a large gathering. You probably went out and hung out with your friends and friends that are not athletes that haven't been tested. And it just takes one to bring that back. So the, while I enjoy the players having a voice, I enjoy them being able to speak their mind and being able to benefit from what's going on from a financial standpoint and making sure that they're safe and all that. But they hold, they hold the keys to the season. It's no longer in the hands, in my opinion, of the administrators and the medical people. It's in the hands of the players because if they go out, if you know, they're not in a bubble. This is not the NBA or the NHL. If they go to practice, fine. They, they do everything right at practice. They social distance, they wear their masks, so on and so forth. But on their first off day or off night, are they going somewhere where there's a, a large gathering of people? 
non-athletes? Do they go through, through campus and maybe hit one of the establishments or go somewhere else and you're around 10, 20, maybe 30 people and one of them picks up the virus and then they bring it back to their apartment, to their people, and then they bring it back into the, the, the locker room. And then what happens? It spreads. And then all of a sudden you have large numbers of an, you have a bit of an outbreak, but it's up to the players to, to not do that, not go to a party. I know that's hard for a college age kid to, and you, you probably can't say, Hey, you can't, you can't go to a party, but you have to be responsible. I mean, if you want these list of demands or requests, whatever you want to call them, then the players have to do their own part and be responsible if they want to have a football season. That's why I say it's in their hands. And, you know, once students come back to campus on Purdue, all of them allegedly is going to have or, you know, supposed to have a negative test, but doesn't mean they're negative. It just at the time they took the test, they were negative. But you start hanging around non, non-people or non-athletic people, not non-athletic people, people that don't play athlete, uh, sports. I'm sure there's a lot of kids on campus that are athletic. That's not what I meant. But, you know, and one of them picks up the virus and they pass it along to you. And then you take it into, you know, whatever team you're, you're on. That's why I think it's, you know, I think it's up to the players now to determine whether they have a season or not. Because I think their behavior is going to dictate what happens to the college football season and college sports in general. Now, the other sports, um, the NCAA has already canceled fall championships in Division II and Division Three. I would assume they'll do the same um, later in the month with Division One. What that, what that, well, what does that mean for the regular season of volleyball and soccer and those sports? I have no idea. Uh, saw a report out of um, uh, Nebraska that uh, the Nebraska volleyball coach said that their, you know, their their sport is proposing a twenty game conference um, schedule. Um, you know, maybe that's all volleyball gets out of this season, or maybe that's all soccer gets out of this season. Cross country, um, you know, I, I I don't think the I don't think the Big Ten schools are really interested in sending sports that don't make any money um, across the Big Ten footprint to participate in like a cross country meet or something like that. Um, I know there's a I, I know there was a push. Uh, now, fall, you know, golf is not a fall sport when it comes to championships. They they play their championships in the in the spring. But I know one idea that had been floated around with golf, at least men's golf, uh, in the fall, since uh, the Big Ten has said you can only play conference team, was you take the East Division teams for men's golf and you you go to one of those seven sites and you play play a tournament. Do the same on the West, but then you would bring all 14 schools together uh, to play, have a Big Ten fall championship. Um, and, the, and, the, and the place it was going to be, from what I understand, was going to be Purdue on campus, which you know, they can host that. That's not a problem. Great course, and it would challenge everyone. But, you know, if they don't allow... You know, but the cost of flying 14 teams or 13 teams to Purdue, getting them here, not all of them would have to fly. Uh, but this is the cost. 
and the the expense of hotels and meals and all that kind of stuff. It, it's it's probably money the the conference and conference schools don't have, uh, especially when Barry Alvarez is out there saying that if with, if they don't have a football season or any sports at all, that you know their athletic department could lose close to a hundred million dollars. Um, he knows his numbers better than I. Uh, so I mean, that's, you know, I think they're trying to keep expenses down as much as possible. And if you have to have expenses, put them into a sport that at least you can recoup some of that, that revenue from either TV money or limited ticket sales money. Um, but anyway, I, I, I back to the, back to my point. I mean, I, I think it's up to the players now to determine whether they have a season or not based on how they take care of themselves and not only police themselves, but they police each other. And that's where your strong leadership comes into play. The coaches can harp and preach and all that kind of stuff, but it's up to the players now to, to take care of themselves um, and take care of each other. And if someone is going out and doing things they shouldn't or getting involved in large groups, which they shouldn't, then someone on the team, whether it's Purdue, Ohio State, wherever, needs to bring them in and needs to make sure that doesn't happen because it's, it's not going to take much to, I, I believe, I, I think the big 10 is close to not playing. When you look at their words, when you, when you look at not what they say, how they say it, I, I think the big 10 is close to pulling the plug on just about everything in the fall. And I, they do want a season. They do want football. They do want sports to be played because it is part of the college experience and it's very important for the uh, the physical health but also the mental health of, of the student-athletes to to do all this. But, again, when you, when you study their mannerism and kind of closely look at their, their quotes, um, you know, I think they're – they're probably you know on follow the Big Ten more than the other other leagues, so you don't you don't know for sure. But they seem to be the closest to saying, you know what, we can't do this. We're not going to be able to pull this off safely, so we're done. Um, I hope it doesn't come to that point, but if it does, um, so be it. Um, it. It's interesting because if you go back to you know the sp- late spring, April, May, as schools were wrapping up all the online stuff, you heard college presidents, you heard uh, conference commissioners, even, heck, you even heard the, the vice president of the United States. If students, if the general student population is not on campus in the fall, we will not play sports. We can't do it. What kind of message would that send? You heard that a lot. You don't hear that anymore, do you? Just read something the other day. It might have been yesterday that I think USC out in LA has they're going to all online learning, but not one mention of you know what if we do this we can't play sports we can't we can't have athletics no no mention of that. So th- those people have already softened their their view on on things they said early on in the process. You know every statement that comes out every wording, any, any messaging that comes out from any school somewhere in there. It's the health and safety of our student athletes, our coaches, our staff members. Of It's it's our highest priority. 
end of sentence. But the rest of that sentence should be, it's the health and safety of our students, our coaches, our staff, unless we want to play sports. And that's, that's basically what it comes down to. You know, as we get closer and closer, no one wants to give it up. And it might take a conference like the Big Ten just to say, you know what, we're done. And do it well in advance. You know, we're about a month away from starting the season. I'm not talking about Friday before the first game. I'm talking about like two weeks before the first game to say, you know, we can't do this. And if you keep having outbreaks at programs uh, where they have to pause for, for 10 to two weeks, How's that team going to get prepared to play a game against a team that hasn't had to pause workouts? So let's say, you know, the first game Purdue's playing Michigan, just as an example, Michigan has to pause its workouts because they've had, you know, too many positive tests. Well, they don't practice for 10 days to two weeks while Purdue's practicing. Does Purdue have an advantage? Probably so. And other schools could face the same thing where you, you're getting into another health and safety uh, standpoint where teams are not properly prepared to play football. And it's a sport where you need the training, you need the conditioning to, to play it as, as well as you can. Um, so that's just my thoughts on, uh, I guess that's what this is for, right? That's why we have this podcast is to have thoughts on, on what's going on in, in our world. So we appreciate you stopping by again. I always make this promise. We'll try to do more of these uh, as as we get through August. Uh, you know, just FYI, in the past, we've been able to watch training camp at Purdue at least some of the time. Uh, they're not allowing anybody in to watch, um, watch any of practice this year. Uh, so that that's not going to happen. No fans, no media, no nothing. Just the, the football program and select people that will be able to, to go in and watch. So, you know, your guess is going to be as good as mine as far as, you know, what, you know, who's competing at what position battles. You, you just kind of have to take the word of, of Brom and whoever we get a chance to talk to on Zoom uh, every once in a while to, to kind of gauge, you know, what's going on. You know, before we could see with our own eyes and kind of make uh, assessments and judgments on, on what was going on in practice. But now, you know, you're going to, you know, we're just going to rely on them and then, uh, and then if you get to a first game, you know, what, you know, was what we were told correct or was it just, uh, were they blowing smoke? So we're, you know, we're going to be at the mercy of them. So, uh, but hopefully, you know, we'll still be able to get content out and obviously you can follow all our stuff on jconline.com. And again, as we get, you know, deeper into training camp and it, it appears it's going to continue, then. We'll try to do more of these podcasts just to, uh, just so uh, it keeps my sanity going in the in the right direction. But once again, uh, appreciate you stopping by. Have a good day. Any questions, comments, uh, just reach out, and uh, we'll go from there. Again, thank you, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you the next time.